Welcome to the Chris Oldcorn Show. We have a fantastic show for you tonight. We're going to talk about the big announcement from Ross Romano and Mayor Provenzano today as we talk about a paving project on Trunk Road, which is connected to the Connecting Links Fund from the provincial government. We'll also be talking about shopping malls. How are they going to open? Will you get to be able to go inside? How's that going to work? We'll also give you the updated numbers on Algoma and Ontario. All the numbers are trending in the right direction. And we will also talk about the job market and the difference between salaried workers and people who are paid hourly and how our economy can open back up. What are going to be some of the difficulties? We'll be right back after the break. Hello and welcome back. Alrighty, so the first thing we're going to talk about tonight is the Connecting Links Fund. Now what is that? The Connecting Links Fund is a $30 million fund from the provincial government that municipalities can actually apply for and the purpose of this is for roads that are going through your city that are mainly used uh, for transportation. In other words, they're not mainly used by the people who live in the city. They are used by transport trucks, for example. Here in the Sioux, if you're going from Sudbury to Thunder Bay, we're the only option. So, how does this work? Every year, there's 30 million allocated for these projects. Last year, we got the max amount we could get, which is $3 million. Uh, the most you can get from this fund is 10%. We got the, the full 10% last year, and that's the construction you're presently seeing on Black Road. This year, we also, as of this morning, it was announced by our Rep MPP, Ross Romano, and Mayor Provenzano, that we also qualified again for the full $3 million, two years in a row. What's it going to be paid for this time? Trunk Road. So, as you can see, when you're coming into town or going out towards Highway 17, there are some, well, how shall we put it, bumpy sections of Trunk Road. The government has given us $3 million. The city's throwing in another $400,000 because the actual project uh, to fix the roads are also going to be doing some of the sewers and so on as well. It's going to be about $3.4 million. So the province is kicking in the max they can, which is $3 million, and the city is throwing in another $400,000 to get this project done. Now, it's not going to cover the full length of Trunk Road out to Highway 17, but it will cover a good chunk of it. Basically, when you're driving into town where you hit the what used to be the Husky that's now the Esso, and you keep driving from there, that is the section that will be done part of this project. Now, how does this actually work? Okay, so they made the announcement this morning. Uh, then it's going to have to go out to tender, a construction company will get the contract and so on, and then they'll start building. It could take several years. I mean, Black Road has been going on and it's going to keep going on as, it, as they widen it. However, the good news is, is that a lot of the bumps will eventually be smoothed out on that road. For those of you that drive on Trunk Road at all, you'll know what I'm talking about. I live over in that section of town. Uh, and let's just say there's a few potholes here and there. Now, the uh, Minister of Transportation, Carol Moen Rooney, uh, is the one who allocates the money. And the money, the full $3 million we got because of uh, the fact that we are actually, we have more connecting roads uh, that, with traffic going through than any other municipality in the entire province, according to our MPP, Ross Romano. As you know, and as you can see, there's always trucks going through this town, and those trucks, they damage the asphalt a lot more than cars and SUVs and pickup trucks do. So it's good that we got this funding. We're going to go, be going forward, and hopefully, maybe next year, we can get another $3 million and completely finish the project. So everybody, I'm sure, wants to know when they can go shopping beyond going online. Malls are going to start opening up. 
As of today, you will see retail stores who are facing onto a road, in other words, they're not in the mall, can now do curbside pickup. So any store now that you shop at can reopen and you have to do your order over the phone or online and then they'll bring it out to you at your car. However, the malls are not open yet. They're going to have some very strict standards. So let's look at what they are. There's three main parts. One is there's going to be reduced hours. Two, there's going to be less customer traffic and also it's going to be managed within the mall to make sure that people aren't just standing around talking. And they're also going to be suggesting masks and gloves. They can't force you to wear masks and gloves, uh, but they can strongly advise that you do. So let's talk about the reduced hours part. Uh, hours are going to be shortened so that the staff each day can evaluate how people move through the store and then re-merchandise it so that um, it, you're minimizing people getting close to each other. Uh, you might have noticed in some of the grocery stores you're supposed to only go one way on the aisles so that you aren't passing people. Uh, these sorts of measures will be put in place in the mall. Uh, and the staff inside the store each day will have to evaluate it and make any necessary changes. Now let's talk about the number one issue which is customer traffic. There will be, let's say a mall has four entrances. Two of the entrances will actually be entrances and the other two will be exits. So you'll be going out a different door than you came in. There'll be social distancing so that when you're at one of those entrance doors, you'll be social distancing six feet apart, same way you're lining up at the grocery store now. So it's not really that much of a difference. However, when you get inside the mall, what you will see is another big difference. There'll also be six feet social distancing in front of each store so that you're not standing in a crowd in front of the store waiting to go in. There'll be limited traffic inside the store. That'll be up to the store on the mall to kind of pick how many people can go into each store at a time. However, it will be limited. The other thing, they're going to prevent you from just standing around and talking to your friends. You are going in, you're shopping, you're leaving, that's it. Also, food courts may or may not be open. That's up to each individual mall. However, they will be roping off every other table, whatever they have to do to make sure that each table is at least six feet apart. Also, you'll have a time limit on how long you can stay in the food court. It might be based on as soon as you finish eating, or it might be based you can sit down for 10 minutes, then you gotta leave, because uh, they don't want people loitering in the food court as well. So the way you typically go to the mall is going to be changed drastically for the next little while. However, it is good that we now can actually, will be able to start going to malls and actually shopping again. I know that there's some things you, you want to try on uh, before you buy, for example, you know, I was about to go out and buy some suits uh, right before COVID-19 hit, and I don't want to buy a suit online. I want to try it on. I want to see the fit because every manufacturer makes their suits slightly different in sizing. There's no real universal standard there. So it's going to be nice that I can actually go, line up, get in, and actually try something on before I buy it. Also, they're the government and the malls cannot force you to wear masks and gloves. However, they're going to be strongly advising it. So I would suggest as I've been saying for you know several months now, wear a mask and gloves when you go out in public and wear a mask and gloves when you go to the mall, just like you would when you go to the grocery store. I'll be right back in just a minute with more information. And welcome back. Alrighty, so we have some updated numbers now from Algoma. Uh, as you'll remember on Friday, uh, if you were looking at the numbers, uh, we had a huge uh, backlog of cases at 1,999 we we're waiting for the results of. That was because we tested all our long-term care homes and they were all put in the system at the same time. So uh, 
not a huge concern there that all of a sudden we had to test like 2,000 people. It's because we tested all our long-term care home and also the staff in them. Uh, now they have really gotten through those numbers over the weekend. We're actually down, we're only waiting for 483 tests right now. That's huge. They, got over, they went through over 1,500 tests just over the course of the weekend. We've now tested 5,240 people. Uh, we had 16 positive cases. 13 of those have recovered. The three that we still have are at the Extended Care Mapleview Long-Term Care Home here in the Sioux. They've tested positive. As far as we know, none of them have actually uh, become sick with COVID-19. They're what's called asymptomatic, meaning that they actually have the virus. However, they are not ill with it. Now here in Ontario, um, the numbers have been trending in the right direction. Uh, just yes, uh, two days ago, we were actually below 300 for the first time since March with the amount of new cases. Uh, it's only up slightly today at 308. We are definitely trending in the right direction. Most of last week, we were uh, below 500 and into the 400s and even into the high 300s, which is great. However, 35 people did die yesterday from COVID-19. Um, that number is down from a lot of our highs that were in the, in the high 80s. However, people are still dying from COVID-19. Uh, we have uh, 20,546 people who are tested positive for COVID-19. However, this is a good number and I've been, I've been talking about this number, uh, which is the percentage of people who've recovered. Just last Thursday, it was only 70% of the people who had been tested positive had recovered. We're now at 73.6%, uh, which is fantastic, uh, which means uh, people are at least recovering from COVID-19. Uh, and our numbers are also down in the hospitals as well. We're a little over 1,000 people in the hospital right now, but the really good numbers are we have 194 people in the ICU and 147 people on ventilators. Less than a week ago, those numbers actually had a two in front of them. They were in the high 290s and in the 240s for ventilators. So in one week, we've actually reduced the amount of people in ICUs and on ventilators by about 100 people in both cases. Um, and we're waiting for about 9,000 test results right now. Uh, this, the uh, province is, though, getting through all of the tests very, very quickly uh, now that we have a testing capacity that's about uh, just under 20,000 tests a day we can do. Now, okay, um, in my first segment, I talked about shopping malls opening up. Uh, what I want to talk about now is the two different parts of our economy. First is salaried employees. Salaried employees through this time period have actually done quite well. You'll see a graphic on your screen in a second showing that salaried employees' incomes have only gone down slightly during this time period. However, those who are paid hourly, particularly women, have seen a drastic reduction in their income. So now we need to start reopening our economy. And women have been hit particularly hard. Uh, mainly because they make up a good percentage of the uh, hourly paid workers in this country and also they don't have childcare, it makes it harder for them to go to work. Um, whereas men tend to go to work and they don't have the same childcare issues even though they may have kids. Um, basically, so right now what we're looking at is a path to recovery. How do we get there? The concern that most people have is Am I going to pay my mortgage? Am I going to pay my rent? Do I have food to put on the table? And economists are worried that Canadians are actually going to start saving. Right now, Canadians save about three cents on every single dollar they make. Economists are expecting Canadians to save about 10 cents on every dollar. That means they're going to be spending less money going to the mall and buying clothes, shoes, and that sort of stuff, and other fun recreational type things, because they're afraid that this might happen again, because we've been told there could be a second wave of COVID-19. So people are actually going to start actually, you know, saving some of those pennies that they're making. 
this is new. Canadians have not been very good at saving over the last few years. Uh, they've been spending most of what they've been making. But here's the difference. We are now in a completely different world because of COVID-19. When we went into this COVID-19 pandemic, we were at historic lows for unemployment. We are now at 13% unemployment. That's almost 10% higher than what our unemployment rate was only about two and a half months ago. So here's what we need to do to reopen our economy. And the federal government needs to work with the provincial government to figure out how to do this. We have to figure out a way to provide childcare for women so that they can go back to work. If we can do that, we can have a strong economic recovery. However, that will require the federal government to invest in childcare centers and childcare training. Hopefully, they will consider this and do it because that's what all the economists are telling us. That has to be a secure way for women to enter the workforce again because that also means the amount of money coming in will go up, which also means people have more money to spend. If we can do that, we can come out of this with a fairly strong economy. We will not be where we were before, but we will be close. So let's watch what the Trudeau government does. Let's see what the Ford government does. But they need to work together to make sure that there's a smooth transition so that women in particular can make it back into the workforce and the people who are paid hourly can make it back into the workforce because they took the biggest hits during this pandemic. I'm Chris Oldcorn. I'll be back in a moment. Thank you. And thank you for watching the Chris Oldcorn Show. I hope I brought you a lot of info tonight to keep you up to date. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Chris Oldcorn. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other podcasting platforms. I'll be back tomorrow morning on Special Report at 8 a.m. with Colette Linden. I'll see you then. Have a fantastic night.